I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal. And this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, March 14th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Jay. So this is a fun fact of the day. One billion Spotify streams of clean white noise loopable with no fade. That is a lot of streams for not a real song, for just like noise. And it ranks actually right up there with bangers like BTS's Dynamite and Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. I presume that people are listening to this while they work. It'd be odd if it was for anything else. Or maybe sleep, I guess. Sleep it probably helps too. But I guess my question to you is what music do you like to work to? Do you listen to anything when you sleep? So let me get to this first. I'm actually the artist loopable with no fade. So I'm making tons of money on this stream a lot. Yeah, you've made $20 this year. Congratulations. $20, a, a half a fraction of a penny per stream. I do sometimes listen to music when I work and it's so on brand. It's jazz is fish. So it's like this orchestral group that plays fish music with no words. So it's very on brand for me. And I do sometimes fall asleep listening to podcasts. Like I get through the first wave of ads before I fall asleep. You know, I listen to our podcast all the time, but also I listen to The Pivot and something about Scott Galloway's voice puts me to sleep. Yeah. Some of Scott Galloway's personality puts me to sleep too. Uh, <laughs> Don't say that. Can we get no, that. No offense. No offense to all the Scott Galloway fans listening. But yeah, look, I, I'll listen to anything. I'll listen to when I'm working. I listen to rap and pop and, you know, folk, whatever kind of comes my way, whatever I'm in the mood for. What do you listen to when you need to be pumped up for work? What's your go-to banger? So I, we, you know, you get this, but I always think about what would be my walk-on song. If I was a mm-hmm. politician coming onto the stage, what would that be? By the way, there's another way to look at that, which is like, you're at that song if you're cooler. But, and I would say Nice For What by Drake is my song. Yeah, I'm down with that. What about yours? We've been listening to a lot of um, Seven Nation Army. Oh yeah, that's a good one. By the White Stripes. That's what we play the kids in the car before we go to hockey. So that's our banger song of the week. Brett, aside from that useless information for our audience, what do we have for Peak Pals today? It's not, I wouldn't, it's inspirational, if anything. For our first story, SVB part two. For our second story, lab-grown dairy. And for our last story, an update on the Senate. For our first story, imagine this. Before you settle in for today's Silicon Valley bank coverage, you should listen to yesterday's episode to get caught up. Like any bingeable show these days, you got to start at the first episode. But Brett, what's happening now? Yeah, so we're not going to get you caught up. We're just going to jump right into it. So following SVB's sudden collapse, shares throughout the financial sector dropped with other regional banks especially hard hit. Over 100 of the 124 listed U.S. banks with a market valuation of under $5 billion U.S. were in the red, while the KBW Bank Index which is an index of 24 major U.S. bank stocks, fell 9%. And this is all happening because even though the Fed stepped in to guarantee all of SVB client funds, even if above the insurance ceiling of $250,000, fears still remain that regional banks in the current high-interest environment are susceptible to bank runs like the one that killed SBV. But unlike in 2008, there's no taxpayer money involved. Instead, deposits will be repaid from the deposit insurance fund, which is to say fees paid by other banks to the insurance fund. Still, criticism remains that the government should have taken an offer to buy SVB, just as the UK government found a buyer for SVB's British wing. In Canada, the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, which is Canada's highest financial regulator, took control of SBV's Canadian wing. It plans to wind down operations and potentially sell it off. We can see the sign now. For sale, one bank lightly used. And this really matters because while fears remain about the widespread toll on global markets and banking sector, experts believe Canada's banking sector won't be hugely affected due to SVB's relatively small presence here. In a report, RBC Capital Markets analyst Darko Mihalik wrote that SBV's collapse was quote-unquote idiosyncratic and unlikely to cause contagion to the broader financial system. Meanwhile, the OSFI sought assurances from Canada's big six banks that they weren't heavily exposed. The big six were down only slightly or even 
even up on that day. Now, here's the bottom line. While a total collapse of the global banking industry seems unlikely, the SVB debacle is potentially just the opening salvo to the disruption caused by all those rate hikes. For our second story, does the idea of that lab-grown red bloody meat weird you out a little? Well, scientists hope the rise in lab-grown dairy at least could help you warm up to the idea. So Jay, when can I expect to get lab-grown milk in my lab-grown coffee? Well, a handful of startups have made rapid advancements in developing cow-less dairy products, and they've already started appearing in grocery store shelves. So California-based Perfect Days Milk Proteins are used to make modern kitchen cream and a new Mars chocolate bar. Perfect Day was spun out of the New Harvest Research Center led by Torontonian and University of Alberta grad Isha Datar. Now, cow-less dairy has emerged so quickly in part because it uses some of the same long-standing fermentation processes that are used to make beer. Mmm, beer. Microbes like those found in yeast are genetically programmed to make certain proteins, fed a sugar solution, and sent on their way to start fermenting. Perfect Day CEO said, rather than using 22nd century technology to produce meat, we're using 20th century technology to produce milk protein. And it matters because lab-grown dairy stands to revolutionize an industry that has struggled to retain customers as the avoidance of lactose, growth hormone, or antibiotics grows. Plant-based products accounted for 16% of all retail milk sales in 2022. Those concerns about climate change or animal welfare are already anticipating the launch of cultivated meat, but cultivated dairy could have just as much of an impact. Now to zoom out, Canada's dairy industry is made up of around 10,000 dairy farms. They boast over $7 billion in annual sales and employs about 18,000 farm operators. As cowless milk hits store shelves, those dairy farmers and industry participants are going to be keeping a very close eye on this development. For our third story, we're taking it back to grade 9 civics class and giving you an update on the... Senate. Oh, the Senate, Jay. The much less talked about House of Parliament. Driving the news, since November 2021, an average of 25 senators have been absent for each legislative vote in the Canadian Senate per a new analysis by the Globe and Mail. Senators are technically docked $250 for every no-show, but considering they're bringing in over $164,000 a year and can simply claim sick days or be excused if they were out of town on official Senate business, it's kind of like threatening an angry NBA player with a $30,000 fine. That was unjust what they to Fred Van Vliet. And it matters because the fact that roughly a quarter of senators are out there reenacting Ferris Bueller's day off instead of showing up to vote on matters that impact people across the nation does raise some concerns that our legislative processes aren't functioning as they should be. Now to zoom out, zoom. concerns about a broken Senate are old hat with the historical argument being that it's an expensive, undemocratic redundancy that rubber stamps whatever bills come its way. Unlike MPs, senators are appointed instead of elected, and since there are no term limits and senators are basically impossible to remove and can potentially stay on unchecked for decades until they're forced to retire at age 75. Yes, but since 2015, the feds have tried to reform the Senate, making it more independent, less partisan, and less likely to simply side with the federal government. The National Post found senators appointed by the current government have voted against the ruling party slightly more than their liberal appointed predecessors. So perhaps progress is being made. Well, that's if the senators actually show up to vote. There you go. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review, especially if you're a senator and you're not there voting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can always, you can vote from anywhere. Uh, you can review from anywhere. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. Wait.